If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hello, everyone. It's Yati Crowshaw here. And I'm Nick um, Wendra. <laughs> yes, I'm waiting for him to introduce himself there. <laughs> and this is the Slightly Something Else podcast, where we'll be talking about E3 with a twist. The twist being that I have gone out of my way to avoid all E3 news. At this point, I know nothing beyond what I have glanced at at the occasional spare headline or tweet. <laughs> and Nick is now going to reveal the new reveals. And you will be getting my reaction live, assholes. Yes, you will. This is what you want. Uh, yeah, so I guess there's some background on E3 for you this year, then, so you haven't paid attention at all. Like, there was no physical event. It was all oh, done digitally. And uh, the uh, it was kind of like a mix of Summer Game Fest, hosted by Jeff Keighley, and then the ESA doing their own thing with E3, which was... Uh, I'm not going to be. I'm not. I'm going to try not to be too cynical in this, no, but also, my, yeah, that's, that's your, my job. Just, yeah. just give me the news. You're going to pound me into the ground with your cynicism, but uh, <laughs> the essay, like, this was just a clusterfuck of an E3 for them. Like, I, I don't know if I told you about like how they wanted a media to sign up for it, but they had, you know, they doxed us all in 2019. You didn't get doxed, but like the rest of our team did. And yeah. uh, so this year, they think it's a good idea to let's launch an e- E3 portal where you come and give us even more of your information in like a social media app style thing. And I'm like, ah, yeah. I, I, yeah. Uh, and for like, social even, media improves everything. It seems. Yeah. And even for like media, the media, there was no like media week this week, which usually the week before E3 is like when the press goes and kind of sees everything before the showcases. So you have all your press coverage, which is why Starfield leaked. Cause you know, people had already seen it. Um, but <laughs> It's like the ESA is just a mess. It's just a mess. So whatever E3 was this year, I'm like, they're saying for 2022, it'll be a mix of like digital and uh, in-person stuff. But boy, howdy, am I curious. Well, that's that's just the future of humanity, isn't it? Yeah, I guess. Always a mixture of digital and in-person until we become the fucking Borg. So, yeah, you know, and kind of what we've been talking about like during the live streams during e3 this year is like you know people's expectations are kind of through the roof because we didn't have e3 last year because of the pandemic and then uh Hmm. this year you know game game production like halted last year and so a lot of the stuff that was probably supposed to be more shown off this year isn't ready yet and pushed to 2022 like all of warner bros games and everything uh so you know in, in general like this year was was pretty lackluster i mean Summer Game Fest kind of kicked everything off. Uh, you got some, I don't remember, I already don't remember a whole lot from it, also because I've seen like 300 different games this weekend. Uh, but for at least for you, Elden Ring was finally officially revealed with a release date during Summer yes, Game Fest. Yes, that's, that's the one I did hear about. It was hard to miss. But yes, all I know is that it has a release date. Yep, uh, so they're taking basically everything that you loved about the Dark Souls games. and Well, I do love a lot about Dark Souls. You do, and then uh, some elements of from Sekiro, and it's going to be full open-world Souls game. 
Open world. Okay. And, now uh, I pick up on that. Yeah, IGN. Because Dark Souls arguably was open world. When we say open world, what do we mean? I mean, uh, in the interviews with, that they put out now, in Elden Ring, you can do the bosses in any order you want now. Oh, they're Breath of the Wilding it. Yeah, they're Breath of the Wilding it. Well, I didn't, I didn't think them for trend chasers, but okay. I, I don't, I don't, you know, if anybody's going to do it right, I think it's going to be from software, and I don't think they're going to stray too far. Like the biggest, the biggest change I've heard so far, aside from it being open world, is that uh, there's skills now. There's over like 100 different skills you can unlock in the game. Yeah, that that I figured you'd get that reaction to, but skill trees, open world skill trees. Next, you'll be telling me you have to crouch in a bush to hide from people and uh, throw rocks to distract them and shit. The the camera can see that I'm looking at it. The audience this... can see that I'm looking at it. There is some stealth stuff. Oh, <laughs> this is all starting to sound a bit Jiminy Cockroachy. <laughs> I don't. I don't think so. I have. I think from software has proven themselves enough to not stray too far from the formula. What's and, uh, next? Collectible flags. Crafting. Well, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> uh, oh, well. But it, it seemed like the stuff was just like I don't know. Everything looks a bit faster paced in it. You know, you have the the horseback riding now, like and everything so i to me man elden ring was the one thing i was slightly optimistic for <laughs> well i mean i i think this is just natural evolution for them uh going oh know, well that's that's always direction. the way isn't it this is the is natural the evolution for all games to all move towards this one identical central point of squatting about in a bush oh, and Chad. throwing rocks to distract people and crafting chad is telling us there is crafting so. Well, the chat's saying there's technically been crafting since the Titanite stuff. All right, fine. Crafting is a broad definition these days. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you're going to be chopping down trees and cra- crafting anything from that, so... Is that parkour? No, but your horse can, like, do a major, like, leap in the sky. Okay. For, so yeah. I, should, I should probably ask, are we going off actual gameplay videos here? Yes. Or yes. just uh, pre-rendered cinematics? Or no. pre-rendered cinematics mocked up to look like gameplay videos. No, it was it was, in, it was actual gameplay within the trailer. Okay, and it, it very much just looks like open world Dark Souls. You know, nothing too. So often, so often these first five minutes of gameplay videos are just mocked up pre-rendered footage to look like gameplay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean that was kind of like the the main thing I think you would be excited about out of the Summer Game Fest. Okay, well, all downhill from here, then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what was after that? Ubisoft? I think we had Ubisoft. Ubisoft? Uh, yeah, what's, Ubisoft. What's this, what's this time period hasn't Assassin's Creed done yet? Oh, don't tell me. Uh, Wild West. They're going to do a Wild West one. Nope. Wait, I was being facetious. Have they actually announced an Assassin's Creed game? Nope. Okay, good. Nope, no Assassin's Creed. They, they were pretty light on announcements this year, too. Uh, I think the one you'll be really, really excited about is Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. Th- what? Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. And that's what I'll be really, really excited about, is it? Is Avatar even a thing still? <laughs> there's, there's five more movies coming. Well, that's what we keep hearing, yeah, but there yeah. hasn't been one since the first. Yeah. No, that was a... Uh, this is this game's been in development at Ubisoft Ubisoft Massive for a long time, and it's a full next gen 
whatever oh, it is. So they've had plenty of time to make it committee design bland dross then. It's uh, plenty of time to file the edges off of it. Yeah, I, uh, I'm not is sure what to expect world? in this game. It's an open world, I take it? Yep, open world. Uh, surprisingly open world. in first person. I did not know that. I thought it would be third person. Okay, so it's Fantasy Far Cry then. Yeah, that's that's kind of the vibe I got from the trailer. Um, it's not it's not live service either. It's single player adventure. So, all right, let's. Uh, let me hazard a few guesses. Yep. Are there rideable animals? Yep. Thought as much. Um, there's the uh, the tentacle sex stuff. I beg your pardon. Remember in the movie, the the, 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 the hair attaching, and that's how they they uh, wait. They made a gameplay mechanic out of that. <laughs> well, it's, is there a little hacking mini game you stick your little tentacle into someone's <laughs> butts and then hack your way to their g-spot you know it wouldn't put Do a little pipe dream puzzle in their brain it's 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 possible i mean they didn't really show off anything off it's just another engine engine teaser uh you know we got a better we got a more far cry 6 uh, I think the one game you might be slightly more interested in is a you sequel. You keep saying that. I, yeah, I know. Uh, but Mario Rabbids, uh, a sequel to Mario Rabbids Kingdom Battle. Well, I was kind of arid on the first one, so I don't particularly well, care this, about that. This this one has uh, more exploration, open-ended combat, and I like expanding so it, it to a full... Takes- so it's taking the one interesting one thing it did that which was to focus on turn-based XCOM style combat and instead drifting more towards the middle where it's just the same bullshit every time. People are comparing it to Divinity Original Sin for some reason. Okay. Which you also didn't play and didn't like, so... No, not, not really. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's E3, so when you look at Battlefield 2042... Uh, yes, I did hear that name. You get to, you know, when I when I heard that, when I saw an advert for that, I was thinking, is that a pre-release? No, there I is mean, Battlefield twenty one forty two, which is full. Yes, future. there was. I seem to remember there was already a Battlefield in the future, but this is not that. Yeah, that's okay. It's a near future, and their big hook this time is one hundred twenty eight player battles with. Uh, dynamic weather, like big storms that will change. So the, the big hook is battle royale. No, there is no battle royale yet. Just a hundred and twenty player, hundred and twenty eight players, Please. and then like weather effects that will change the entire map. Okay, meaning, uh, like there's a giant, there's a map with a giant tornado coming through that will affect the gameplay. Of, you know, like actually affects the map and can suck players up into it. And you have a wingsuit, and if you get sucked up into it, you might be flying around shooting at people. Uh, right. sandstorms okay. that are completely changed, you know, the dynamic of the player field by taking away your visibility. Uh, there's a, there's an ice map where you're playing, you're fighting in the Arctic where I guess the ice is cracking and melting away as you're fighting. So it's more battlefield, large deathmatch arenas, but shit bollocks you around. Pretty much. More Battlefield. More exactly what people wanted that play that play the series like me. Right. What they wanted was more Battlefield, and now they're going to get more Battlefield, but shit keeps distracting them from the bits they like. <laughs> yep. Well, is there, yep. is there a new take on Levolution? What? Remember the marketing term for destructible buildings and 
20. No, I've never 4. heard the term levolution because oh, yeah. if anyone said that, I would slap them. Yeah, that was the term for their big natural or big uh, destruction events was levolution because it was changing the level of demolition. Okay, Evolution. yeah. Yeah, people have been talking that up since Red Faction and it's never been that great. <laughs> uh, what else? I have to like, there's so much announced I have to go through it. I'm trying to think of things that, oh, well, uh, you remember uh, during E3 2019 when we saw Dying Light 2 and you're like, that looked too scripted to be Certainly real. Did. And then of yep. course it got delayed and people are talking about, uh, you know, the big development changes have behind the scenes. Well, for the Xbox conference, we got our first possibly real look at stalker two, which gave off the same vibes to me uh-huh. uh, where they showed very, very polished gameplay that looks better than anything else I've ever seen. Have they not gotten to two yet? Yep. I mean, there was the first stalker and stalker clear sky, and I'm sure there's been others. Uh, Call of Pripyat, I think it was called. Yeah, Call of Pripyat. Yeah, uh, and now and now they finally got to two. Yep, and that'll be interesting to see because I remember Stalker was a pretty hardcore game, the first one. That's what a lot of people liked about it. Yeah, this looked a lot more Metro-like. mainstream. But, yeah, um, a bit more drifting towards the middle where all the other bullshit, where everyone does the same fucking thing. More uh, of that? Yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, we we got roasted for this one because we put up a video that, like, ma- mainly I was very skeptical that the game is going to look anything like it was shown because, right? Uh, it, it was it was scripted. It was yeah, scripted it was it was a scripted gameplay. scripted gameplay in engine teaser and overall, like, it's supposed to be a massive open world with that level of fidelity. And I don't, I'm not, I'm not on board with it yet. And the main reason for that is because, like. GSC as a studio is not the GSC that was around when Stalker originally came out. They went through all that turmoil, and and the only game they've released since that is Cossacks Three, which is like a RTS that did okay on Steam. And uh-huh. so, I mean this this game looks like you know quadruple A level you know production quality from them. And I'm just I'm just not sure. Like I, you know, when when people were kind of roasting us on this, like I was like, it's a you saw like three different areas in the game, all scripted. Mm-hmm. Until I see somebody with a controller in their hand and the the scale of that world and and all that going on, then you know, then I'll believe it. Yes, if it's too good to be true, it often isn't. I'm glad you're learning. <laughs> I I learned after Cyberpunk. I mean, I had always yeah. known that, but like Cyberpunk. I gave the benefit of the doubt because of how good Witcher was. And so Well, yeah. Witcher 3 was really good. So I think a lot of people were giving it the yeah. benefit of the and doubt. Even like Sony with Horizon Zero Dawn, like, you know, Gorilla went from first-person shooters to a very good open-world game, so it's not out of the realm for games to look like that and play like that, but yeah, just GSC like doesn't have the benefit of the doubt because they don't have anything to show for the last 15 years. <laughs> That that would match anything of that quality, um, and the only and the only reason, like I'm not for sure on that. Obviously, I'm not for sure on that. Obviously, but like Microsoft is pushing that game in every conference they've done, and I feel like Microsoft wouldn't put that there if they didn't see something that impressed them and made them confident enough to make it almost a showcase, like a one of the very early showcase titles in their presentation. Well, that's assuming they're human beings who get excited about things and have emotions as we understand them. Yeah, but I I don't know. I just, I don't know if you if you would push a game like that so hard if you didn't believe they could achieve that. 
Or you just really want to make as much money as possible on opening <laughs> weekend for word of mouth gets around. Well, it's going straight to Game Pass, so. It's well, there you big, go. Yeah. Um, yeah, as far as other big announcements, uh, I know you mentioned before we got in, into the stream, Starfield. Starfield has a release date yes. of November Ooh, 11th. So what do we know about Starfield now? Nothing really. November 11th, 2022 is described as Skyrim in space. Uh, I'm guessing we didn't see any gameplay footage? No, just an engine tease. But that that's part of the course with Bethesda. I think they only released... We were talking yeah. about this before um, the Nintendo Direct today, where I think you only got a release date, really, because I think they just didn't want people to be asking them every month until it was out, when is this game coming? So you give yourselves a release date, you avoid that kind of discussion, and mm-hmm. when it's ready to be shown off, you do it. And that's exactly what they did for Skyrim and Fallout 4. Yes, well, remember the rule, kids. If all they have is a pre-rendered teaser, it officially doesn't count. <laughs> yeah. If all if they have five, first five minutes of gameplay, it's probably pre-rendered anyway. Yeah. Um, but I, th- there's some details in there that I, I am interested in. Like, I... I'm getting big the expanse vibes for it, and I don't I'm sure you don't watch that show, but no. the the premise of the game seems to be a lot more about uh exploration and mystery and storytelling over just let's go shoot and kill everything. Uh which has okay. me mildly interested. People are saying it's been described as like Skyrim in space, but mm-hmm. I wonder what that means. Just I guess Is, open... Can you just like pick a direction in space and go and yeah. run into missions? Yep, that's that's what they're referring to is you know open ended RPG where you do whatever you want, uh, play however you want kind of thing. I would think most directions, if you go in in space, you just run into more space. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so are you actually like uh, got a ship that can freely move in space, or is it just a bunch of loosely connected planet sandboxes? Uh, like the, what Outer Worlds was. The teaser shows you getting into a like right into a ship. So I would assume, I would assume there's going to be free exploration like that. Uh, when we were talking about it in the post show, we were kind of thinking like it might be something like out the Outer Wilds and how you traverse. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I'm not. Really well, I'm going to I'm going to assume that it's just going to be a bunch of separate planets that you can that you fast travel between, because I am a cynic. And being able to freely move in space is something that would make me feel better, and I hate <laughs> feeling better. Um, yeah, yeah, it's kind of one of those. We'll see. Hey, quit. Right. I'd like us. I like us free roam space game, not just where you go anywhere in space, but where you can like get get out of your ship's cockpit and walk around your ship as well. That's that's the vibe I'm getting from it. Like a, this, and that's I'm, why I'm that's why I'm making a game where you can do that. Yeah, and they're. Uh, With, I know everybody's kind of up in arms about them staying on the creation engine, but it's creation engine two and they're it's it's really it really is like a whole new engine. It's not just upgraded from what they were doing. I mean they've been working on this new engine for years now. Well whatever. Yep, so it's just one of those games, you know, much like stalker. Wait till you see it kind of thing. Not not a whole lot yeah. to say on it. Um can't get excited because there's nothing to get excited about. Yeah. We literally know nothing at this point. Yeah, uh, as far as... Well, you liked, you liked Inside, right? You mean uh, Limbo 2? Yep, Limbo 2. You mean walk to the side until the game says stop, platformer? Yes. Uh, well, I, I, it certainly was a thing. Are they doing another one? Uh, well, the co-founder went off and formed their own studio called Jump Ship, and it's called Somerville. It's, or, 
That's the new game they're working on. It kind of looks like Inside with expanded gameplay elements. Okay, so it's an indie game where it's a platformer and you walk to the right until it says to stop. With beautiful... Uh, no, that's when you walk to the left. Oh, well, <laughs> that'll teach me. Little did I expect that sort of innovation would be unfolding in the world of fantasy games. Yeah. Uh, Planet of Lana is the one where you walk right to the right and has a beautiful Studio Ghibli art style for a oh, okay. side-scrolling platformer. Whatever. Uh, another game I know you're going to be excited about, Guardians of the Galaxy from Eidos Montreal, who made D-Sex. That is another thing I saw the name of like on Twitter, and my Ooh. first question was, is this going to be the new Marvel's Avengers? Nope. Or have they actually gotten like the actors' likenesses for this one? No, they did not get the actors' likenesses. Uh, but this one is a single-player uh, story adventure game. I mean, really? But the gameplay I mean, looks the just point as bad as Avengers. I mean, what's the point? If I mean, I assume they're trying to like tie in with the audience of the Marvel movies. I mean, how much more can it cost to get the actors' likenesses? I don't know. Because Square Enix doesn't want to pump the money for it, but. Uh... Uh, uh, hello. No, I don't think Yahtzee's going to be excited about these. I'm, I'm I mean, very you'd think they'd have like you think they'd have like a standing deal for the actors' likenesses if it's like an official yeah Disney Marvel thing. Well, that's that's what makes me curious about. It. I mean, I think they more want it. I mean, first of all, I don't know like how much the the actors want. Uh, two, mm. like I think they're just trying to do their own style, so they're not like once those actors aren't in the role anymore, they don't have to. But rely it uses on them. the same. It uses the same like imagery as the Marvel movies. Like the Avengers used like the same logo, didn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think the Guardians of the Galaxy logo is slightly different for this. If I'm not mistaken, I have to pull it up and look. But I think the the when we did our post show on this one, the main criticism we have is that you play as a. Oh God! What's Chris Pratt's character's name? Star Lord. Star Lord. Yeah, that's who you play as. Out of all the characters they could have let you play as, that's the one in the gameplay. Well, that makes sense to me. He's just like the audience surrogate human character, isn't he? He is. It's just like his gameplay looks so boring already in the in the the pre-show. And like I said, I'm trying well, not to be well, super sort of, cynical on this stuff. But. What sort of gameplay is it? I mean, let you, me well, uh, let me try and hazard a guess. Third yeah, person, on. yes. Yep. Third and it's a shooty combat, yes. Yep. Uh, let me think. Think about UI elements. Is it open world? No. Are you sure? Is, uh, how how uh, ambiguous is the footage? Uh, we think we think there's going to be like planets with like side missions on them, but a main story thread to follow. Okay, right. So I'm, I'm thinking in a sort of Jedi Fallen Order sort of area. Yeah, that's that's probably a good guess. Yeah. Okay. But it's also uh, very... So shooting... Um, well, uh, the dude in the films, he had like rocky boots or something, so I'm guessing there'd be some like platforming, some parkour sort of stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah, it all sounds pretty generic so far. <laughs> um, do you run along walls at any point? I uh, didn't see that. Okay. Just but, like uh, hovering in the air shooting dudes. Just, yeah, just very unimpactful combat from what we saw in the trailer. Uh, lots of health right, bars just, and numbers and flashy things on screen. Oh, yeah, it sounds <laughs> sounds like Marvel Avengers. Yeah. So Okay. I don't know. That's like the only really big announcement stuff. Uh, I know you weren't huge on A Plague Tale in a sense, but I really liked it, and we're getting a sequel mm. to that. 
Oh. Uh, and then, uh, let's see, uh, Death Stranding is getting a director's cut. Okay, one one boggles to think what Hideo Kojima left out of that game. <laughs> yeah, we're uh, we went some speculation on that too, where we I thought I think because he he mentioned in like the the trailer for it, like the, he's heard the feedback on it and everything, and took it to heart. That mm-hmm. uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see them maybe offer some different ways to play the game that like removes a lot of the backtracking to shorten the time of the game. Uh huh. See, I assume the point was like the slow. Oh, it is through the countryside. It is. It's just extremely boring for me. <laughs> well, I, you know, I assume boring was the point. I assume it was like yeah. a, intended to be a sort of contemplative experience. Yeah, we got. In, I got into a discussion about that on Twitter about uh, you know fun versus engaging. Well, even like I, I mean, even something that's just you know something to pass the time while you listen to a podcast or something but yeah i'm just saying hideo kojima could have like combined the podcast with the boring game with that yeah if well, you just let us listen to audio logs over gameplay like nobody does yeah yeah so it's, it's one of those games like i i really appreciate for what it is and i, I know i want to play and really just spend time like let myself sink into it and try to finish it i've been like, meaning to i've been meaning to replay it at some point i got my ps4 in my living room let's uh trouble is trouble is i can only play like games for like an hour yeah in the evening after the baby's gone to bed and i don't think death stranding should be experienced one hour per day i think that's the sort of thing you need to have big sessions with you know how about how about we do this for the chat uh before the end of this year you and i will sit down and play death stranding and then bring our thoughts to slightly something else all right i'm game Okay. And try to figure that out yep. at some I point. Will, I will plan plan my life around Death Stranding. Uh but yeah, I mean as far as like the AAA stuff, like honest to God, like I think there's very little you're gonna be very excited about. <laughs> well, so far it's just another a new brace by the sounds of it, it's a new brace of open worlds and everything drifting back to the action stealth combat void yeah, that the, is uh, the center of all things. But that, that but like the I was just gonna say that the like the Left for Dead likes are here in full force now. Yeah, like yeah, they, they've been pumping those out. I mean, even oh, what was it? They announced that like new Suicide Squad game and the, yeah. like the Gotham Knights game that was like four player, and it sounds like both of those were going for the four player mm-hmm. Left for Dead style arrangement. And then there's like Back for Blood, which is by actually by the Left for Dead guys, as I understand it. Yep. Which has more than four characters. I don't know why they still put a four in the title. <laughs> yep, Back for Blood, uh, Aliens, Fire Team, Rainbow Six Extraction. There was a um, new game from the uh, the writer writer of Portal Two and his new studio. That's a uh, Rick Walpole. Yep. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, pff, I forgot his name. Chad's gonna have to put in it. Uh, put it in there. Uh, I keep forgetting that it's a, such a weird name for a game. Because Eric Eric Walpole was the dude who like wrote Psychonauts and then moved to Valve where he wrote Portal. Yeah, let me pull it up real quick for you. Uh, it was... Chet Felicek, okay, the other one. Because yeah. Eric Walpole and Chet Felicek were both parts of Old Man Murray back in the yeah, day. Yeah, Chet Felicek, however you say his last name, and the game is called The Anacrusis, and it looks like a almost like Star Trek-y Left 4 Dead-ass game. Hmm. I met both of those guys, by the way, on my trip to Valve mm-hmm. way back in 2008. 
Nice guys. But yeah, I think uh, as far as big games, like I know you're not going to give a damn at all about Halo Infinite. Uh, well, almost certainly not. Because yeah, everything really I already know about that is that it's another Halo game where they find Master Chief in space. <laughs> yep, and they've and then, uh, they've retconned Cortana already. Which what? Me. That was like the one interesting thing they'd done. Like Cortana turned evil in the last game. Yep, they have fully clothed Cortana now. Oh, um, <laughs> piss on your balls! That, that's, that's what that's what Twitter's mad about, I guess. That, I was like, piss I'm, on your balls, Halo Infinite. But uh. Just on all your balls. Oh, uh, Chad, Chad is mentioning a game that I don't. Okay, so this one you might find slightly interesting, and I legit mean that this time. So, Arcane Austin announced their game, their next game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they made Prey. This one yep. is called Redfall. It's an open world solo or cooperative shooter with vampires setting. But before you get too cynical about it, it still is going to retain all of the immersive sim design that Arcane Austin is known for. All right. And it has right. a full, full they were story known for from their game Prey that everyone has now forgotten about because it was kind of boring. <laughs> I think I think uh more people like Prey than you think, but I'm sure, but it's funny how everyone stopped talking about that, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, when I think back to Prey, I think, yeah, it's a perfectly competently made game doing some interesting things. I have no interest in replaying it. Yeah, that, that's pretty much how I felt about it. And mostly, I, I didn't think the gameplay itself was that great, like the shooting mechanics or anything. Everything just felt kind of not very pun- <laughs> mostly impactful. It, I, Everything felt like Yeah, really I guess it just felt kind of bland. Mm-hmm. It felt like bland, sort of like you were in an office building rather than a spaceship and etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm curious how Arcane Austin handles multiplayer in that sense and i don't know an immersive sim open world with cooperative elements like that that's interesting to me i can see some cool stuff coming out of that see you think that's interesting i know that once you add any kind of multiplayer to a narrative experience it saps this impact of the story yeah. uh, i keep saying this you don't like narrative gameplay automatically loses something in multiplayer you don't read books with more than one person yeah and uh, yeah that's it's such a wild card for them, so I'm just mostly out of curiosity. Like, I agree with you. I'm just mostly out of curiosity, unsure of what they're going to do. I was going to ask if the main character was an anthropomorphic rat, but then I thought, <laughs> wait, that's Red Wall, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and so then, one thing I wanted to ask specifically about was the Nintendo Showcase, which right. was this morning. Yep, I was just going to bring that up. Uh, a lot of stuff that I'm not interested in, I don't think... A lot of the stuff you'd be interested in, either like lots of more remake stuff, like Advance Wars is coming back with a remake of the original first two games. Yeah, whatever. I'm asking because I saw the word Metroid being thrown about. Yeah. That is something that I might theoretically be interested in. Uh, Metroid, I already forgot that it's a weird subtitle name. Uh, Let me pull it up real quick. Metroid Dread, which you might remember hearing about all the way back in 2005. I remember them um, talking up Metroid Prime Four at one point. Yeah, uh, that's and, well, that's they, still they, in... they showed us they showed us a logo. Yeah, that was that's the last we heard of it. That was rebooted like a year or two ago. But Metroid Dread is a new side scroller Metroid game, uh, and it looked pretty good. Uh, it looked pretty good. Uh, okay, I was kind of holding out for a new Metroid Prime, but okay. Yeah, not yet. Uh, and then side scrolly like. You like a Metroid Zero Mission, or whatever that new one was. Mm-hmm. But what was that 3DS one? 
No idea. It was like a remake of um, one of the early Is ones. Is it uh, not called Fusion, right? No, that's that was the GBA one. Samus Returns. Samus Returns. I think it was. Yep, yes, thank magic. you, Morph Ball. Yep. Ooh, appropriate name there. Uh, and then, of course, sorry if you hear the excavator outside my window. They're replacing a single part of the sidewalk. Uh, but Breath of the Wild 2 was, we finally got our first actual gameplay look right, at that. Is that the same one that got um, re- announced ages ago and it looked like basically just like a mission pack? No, no. Breath of the Wild 2, like, we were, oh, I guess so, yeah. It was, you saw it at E3 2019. We were at the uh, B&B. They released yes. that little teaser, and then they were quiet about it for a year, two years, and now it's uh, aiming for 2022. But they didn't show off like enough to like get me super excited about it yet. Like uh, the main difference is that like you're you're still in Hyrule, but now there's the whole like sky area because all the the ground is being lifted up into the sky. So they, uh-huh. they showed off some like new time mechanics and new puzzle mechanics, and right. so uh, we were speculating. So it's, now they're bringing Skyward Sword into the Breath of the Wild formula. Yeah, um, and then I think we were speculating that there's going to be an underground portion for the game too, because you know the sky's being lifted out of the grounds. I mean, the ground's being lifted to the sky, so there's probably some abyss right. stuff going on there. But okay, just not not a real not a real big look just yet. Well, less news is probably bad news. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if it'd be bad news. I just think Nintendo's I mean, not really going to. That's the main. That's the question you keep asking yourself throughout E3 footage. You have to ask yourself, what aren't they showing me, and why don't they want to, me to see it? Yeah. Well, like I said at the start of the stream, I think, excuse me. Part of that is you know just the pandemic slowed everything down, so they're kind of giving us what they can. But that's boy, they're news. like, yeah, Microsoft and. Nintendo are really the only ones that really had any notable conference. Like, oh man, I wish you were there. I wish you were there for uh, Coach Media's Prime Matter showcase. So this is a brand new label, which is actually publishing like quite a few interesting double A indie stuff. Um, uh-huh. And they're the they're the publisher I told you about that's bringing back Painkiller. Uh, uh, yeah. But for their so this this showcase was the worst showcase I have ever seen from E3 in my twelve uh, years of covering it. Well, that's that's uh, making me curious now. Now yeah. I am excited. Yeah. So behind the scenes, when we did our press preview of it, like we got a look at a lot of these interesting games. Like there was like two different Souls likes in there that were pretty interesting. One's called Dolmen, and the other one's called The Last Aura Crew. And The Last Aura Crew was actually like a Souls like, but very rpg where like talking affects a lot of what's happening in the world instead Ooh. of just combat uh, it, it was an interesting concept it didn't look great gameplay wise there's been there's been dialogue in souls lives lords of the fallen had conversations it had conversations but not like every choice you make affects different things throughout the world i kind of got that's, outward yeah. vibes from it yeah, choices matter, well, of course. Uh, it has a lot of interpretations. But yeah, so first I want you to guess how long do you think this showcase was? They're gonna show how up long they were gonna show off twelve games. Twelve games. So if it was a, a particularly bad showcase, I'm guessing they didn't have they didn't have much time for each game. Oh just we'll take a guess at how long you think it was. Okay. Ten minutes. <laughs> Two hours. 
two hours. And in that two hours, we saw a grand total of 16 minutes of gameplay. (laughs) The other hour and 40 minutes were developer interviews with no B-roll, no nothing. Uh, Oh, God. Yeah, that sounds very, very bad. And, yeah, and it, it was it was awful. Like, we turned it into a drinking game. It was so bad. <laughs> that sounds like a chore to get through. That was, oh, my God. Like, I fell asleep during the Cyberpunk presentation back in 2019. If I wasn't drinking during this one, I would have been just knocked on my ass. <laughs> like, that was the worst showcase. So then, but it gets better. So Capcom did their E3 showcase for some reason and showed off nothing new. Uh, Square Enix did a presentation, and I know you heard the rumors about that, like Final Fantasy Souls like game. I hadn't heard actually. Okay, well, I'm I'm just gonna let you go watch a trailer for that one, and you could probably just do a review on that because it is about the cringiest trailer I think that came out of E3. Uh, Final though, Fantasy Souls like. Uh huh. Okay. Uh, and then uh, Babylon's Fall from Platinum was showing off in that too, which kind of looked interesting. Oh, Platinum are doing something, are they? Oh, no, don't you wait. Just you wait. It's a live service four-player co-op game. Okay, I'm not interested (laughs) anymore. Uh, Platinum usually does like really interesting stuff. They do like like Bayonetta and... Some... This game has a uh, corporate meddling written all over it. I guess they've been less interesting lately. The last wasn't the last thing they did that um, astral chain thing. Yeah, and they have Scarlet Nexus dropping in like a week, two weeks. Yeah, they, they got boring. It started with Beautiful Joe, and they've just gotten boring. And I, I really started off this stream saying I'm going to try to not be super cynical, but the more I talk about, it, I'm like, um, uh, I'm probably rubbing off on you. I apologize for that. <laughs> that's that's okay. <laughs> I mean, so like, I'm not super cynical about the games I saw. It's just like E3 as a whole. I'm like, ah, man, it's like. This this year was just I was hoping for a bit more this year. Um, chat's mentioning a game called Contraband. So this game, you're probably not going to find this game interesting because it's multiplayer. Um, but it's a new game from Avalanche Software or Avalanche Studios. I always get the two mixed up. Avalanche Software is making a Harry Potter game. Avalanche Studios makes Just Cause. Uh, and this is a right. new multiplayer smuggling heist game with Mad Max driving mechanics. And there's actually apparently from Joe's Corden at Windows Central. Very little combat in it, actually. Hmm. Well, uh, from that description, it sounds vaguely intriguing. Yeah, the description's intriguing, but all we got was some weird pre-rendered CGI teaser for it, so nothing to show for it yet. (laughs) Never mind, then. We officially know nothing. (laughs) Yep. Uh, Yep, Chat's also mentioning uh, an indie game called Replaced, which has some honestly amazing, like, 2D, 3D... uh, pixel art style it kind of if you remember the last night it gave off a lot of, we actually thought it was that in the stream it's one you should probably look up when we're done i think that one might interest you a bit replaced eh? replaced yep so i'm guessing there's some kind of central game mechanics entering around something being replaced sort of like the swapper haven't had a chance to dig into it yet uh marty casey and i are gonna do like our or i think marty and i are just gonna do our big indie roundup uh, later this week for all that stuff because okay uh salt and sanctuary is getting a sequel i think you like that huh. one that's uh oh yeah coming out of nowhere a bit 
Chad is also reminding me of the biggest reveal of E3 2021. And this happened during the Prime Matter Showcase. Okay. Kingdom Come Deliverance is Yay. releasing Bars of Soap. A game <laughs> that literally had a mechanic about how being dirty affects your relationship with the people you talk to is releasing soap. Yeah, I don't think it was actually supposed to be shown in the showcase because the PR Toby who runs PR for it immediately like messaged me after after the while the showcase was airing. He's like, I don't know what the fuck is happening right now. Well, I guess. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense for a game with a cleanliness mechanic. <laughs> well, the tagline on the soap was that you could smell like a medieval man. And we were kind of like wondering, what does that smell like? Rotting cheese? Like like shit. <laughs> like everything else pig, in medieval pig, times, it smells shit like shit. rotting cheese. <laughs> yeah. So why are they releasing soap? Are they putting out a new game? No, uh, Kingdom Come Deliverance is coming to the Switch. Uh, and therefore soap. Yeah, like I said, I don't think that was supposed to be part of the presentation because he's just kind of like, I don't know what the hell just happened. <laughs> well, I've seen weirder freebies. Yeah, at the last E3, for example, when like they gave me a a hip flask at the Contra Roadkill booth, mm. and a really bright and yellow cyberpunk jacket that totally fits your style. Yes, and it even tasted. I think I gave to Mike. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I don't know. What was so, the, it's, what was uh, the weird? There was some weird stuff from that. If you, what was the weird stuff we got? Uh, I've got like a pig mask at the Watchdogs. Oh Legion yeah, booth. you got the pig mask. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't take any of the the swag. Or if I did, I just gave it away to people while I was there. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, chat wants us to talk about Atomic Heart. There's just not a lot to talk about for that yet. Like we've seen trailers. I think yeah, it's, I think you know what it is, but it's Atomic Heart. Yeah. Uh, help me out. It's a first-person shooter by a Russian developer. I forget what it's called, but it's got like big Fallout kind of Metro vibes to it, but like with a really weird like robots and stuff. And it's kind of oh, I think I remember seeing a sort of teaser video mm-hmm. for that at some point. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, Shall we do some super chats? Yeah, we can. Uh, I guess there's a developer digital conference too, but... Oh, did, were they taking the piss again? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this year was all about hot dogs. Okay. It was, it, was, it was a pretty funny one this year. I could actually understand what was happening. <laughs> but, of course, you know you know, you know know what to expect from Devolver Digital. Shadow Warrior 3 and wow, all okay. kinds of really interesting looking titles. Oh, man, there was one... Do we know what they're doing with Shadow Warrior 3? The last one, they were just adding, like, co-op, right? Yeah, Shadow Warrior 3 basically looks like Chinese Doom. Well, that's the hot thing. Yeah. Since Doom 2016. So much so much so that, like, there are enemies in the game that look almost ripped out of Doom. Like, the big uh, the big fat things with cannons and all that kind of look like they're in there and stuff. So Those show up everywhere. They showed up in Serious Sam uh, before First Encounter as well. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants their own mancubus. But yeah, I mean, there's there's so much, you know. Usually when we have E3, there's four, five maybe conferences, and this year like we just couldn't even keep up. There were like ten different conferences. Yeah, that's the trouble with a digital show, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, there was wholesome, wholesome games e- direct and yeah, two guerrilla collectives and oh my, I, I don't even know anymore. 
At least, least, at least with an in-person event, you filter out all the people who can't afford show space. Yeah, uh, it's just such a cluster fluck fucked up plan and cluster, cluster fluck. fluck. <laughs> you can, you can okay, tell I'm super tired. Chats. Super <laughs> chats, super chats. All right. Oh well, relevantly, Sora three eight three gives six ninety nine Canadian dollars to say Yahtzee. Don't pick on Nick too much. He's been streaming all weekend. <laughs> Yes, look at him. Look at that poor lamb. You wish you had Nick's job. <laughs> Getting to bullshit about video games all day. Oh, yeah. Uh, David Kalanex gives 10 euros to say, do you think E3 events show each year a degree of maturing of the gaming industry as a whole, or do they show an industry that only follows tendencies, controversies, and bandwagons more and more? I don't know, I've been covering E3 for years, and frankly, it all feels the same. I, it's all—it's all just the mask. There's so little humanity there. Yeah, that's one of the criticisms I had of like um, Jeff Keighley's Summer Game Fest. Is like, I mean, this year really felt like advertising. This, I mean, it's obviously all marketing advertising, but like this one, like you know, so much Call of Duty and mobile battle royale games and all that kind of stuff, and. Like he talks about pushing the industry forward with Summer Games Fest, and like it just doesn't feel like that yet. And that's you know he has a chance, and I've said it before, like he has the power and chance to humanize this stuff a bit more, get the developers a bit more involved, and not just marketing presentations. Uh, and it's just not happening. Well, that's yeah. That's the important thing is to get names back, I suppose. Like uh, get people to associate specific individuals with games rather than just specific studios right and i mean yeah there's like no no developers really on stage you know like Hideo kojima get her her Deo kojima gets his cameo and mm. that, that's really about it so yeah i'm really looking forward to the day like we we move we really get into the events that like really highlight the, highlight the developer even the game awards doesn't do it like you spend two minutes out of a two-hour show talking about awards and that's it mm. So it's not really like ever, I don't feel like any of this stuff really celebrates the devs. Like it's great for them to show off their work, but it's not really showing the people. And it's so just E3, like just reading the chats and everything just feels so disconnected from it. Uh, Andrew Hickenbottom gives two great British pounds to say cynic the yards hog. (laughs) Thanks, Andrew Hickenbottom. (laughs) You're a very witty person. Matthew Stone gives 50 US dollars. Holy shit. Check out money bags over here. To say, question for Yahtzee, I know an amateur author, and I'm afraid her current project is getting too big, i.e. bloated baby. How do you keep your writing focused on the main plot without getting too distracted? Well, you know what I'm going to say if you follow my Dev Diary series, and that's focus on the primary gameplay loop. If it's, I mean, you're, the way you've written that, it's a little ambiguous what your friend is working on, but if they're working on a game... Focus on the primary gameplay loop. Focus on the moment-to-moment experience and making sure that that's fun and intuitive. And if there's any features they've added that gets in the way of making that fun and intuitive, strip it out. Throw it away. If it does not spread joy, throw it away. That's the basics, I suppose. Uh, and same principle if it's not a game, if they're writing a story or something. Focus on the moment-to-moment experience. Are we having fun? If not, fix it. Mm-hmm. Good general rule, I think. Matthew Stone gives another 50 US dollars. Well, Blimey, he's 
Mr. Captain Ultra Moneybag, <laughs> who asks, more for Nick so he doesn't feel left out. Maybe he'll actually write a book or pamphlet of toxic gamer rules. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think that would be received so well, but I think it might be funny to do like a goofy animated pamphlet of that and mostly mm. talk the shit out of toxic gamers. So. Uh, Scavenger gives five viewers dollars to say, so Yahtzee, we knew you wouldn't get excited about E3. Was there anything you were hoping for hardware-wise, franchise-wise, or cancelled game-wise? Um, well, no, I don't really hope for anything. I've been burned one too many times. I guess I was... I guess I vaguely wanted to hear a bit more about Elden Ring. Hmm. And the more I've heard about that, the less excited I get. <laughs> I I think Elden Ring will be fine, and yeah, like that's kind of feels something. like it feels like it's losing focus from a primary gameplay loop perspective. Maybe uh, it feels like it's coming detached, which a lot of it's a problem with a lot of open world gameplay. I don't know. I, I think From Software has got enough behind their belt to show like they can well, they can do it. Granted, it's not- but we we thought the same thing about Witcher Three. Oh, well, you mean with Cyberpunk? Yeah, we thought Witcher 3, that I think surely buy a, the benefit of the doubt. I, well, I think it's never too late with, to fuck things up. I think at least the case with Cyberpunk is you got mostly what, like you reviewed it, you got mostly what you expected in terms of like it's a story and it's got some side missions, but uh, yes. I think I think it was more their own expectations of building out this super dense and detailed world with a lot to do, so... Uh, I don't know. I, Elden Ring seems it's, again. It just seems like a natural evolution to me, where like every game has been pretty close to open world, just not fully open world, and uh, you're still getting like the dungeons and everything. It's not just open world, do everything you want. It's you know this area has a specific dungeon in it with all the same level design and everything you've come to expect from the series. Just more of do it in the order you want to do it. And even then, even then, they said there's still going to be limitations to being able to do that. Well, I'd hope so. I mean, they always bring up like, oh, do things how you want to do it as a selling point. But I always think the result of that is a lack of focus and ultimately hurts the experience. Yeah, I guess we'll see. I, I, that's the, open that's world. the main problem with Jiminy Cockthroat that I keep bringing up. Yeah, I think, uh, at least for me, like I just want to explore more from software's world. So I'm, I'm excited to have more freedom to do so. Going, yeah, off, going off the beaten path to find secret weapons or bosses and all that, that's exciting to me. Yeah, thinking about it, it's probably why we're seeing so many like Left for Dead likes coming out now because they're starting to realise that there's the open world market sort of gotten overdone. Oh yeah, well, and Gotta Game, the next game Pass thing. exists now; it's an easy sell. Hmm. All right, Meister Kleister Heist Air gives five euros to say, "Yeah, do you have any interesting stories about your visit to Valve? What was Gabe Newell like? What did they all think of your Portal review? <laughs> oh, they loved my Portal review. That's why they invited me." I forgot. So to, yeah, it was uh, after that. Love that. Gabe Newell, very no nonsense fellows, I recall. Very no nonsense. A little bit intimidating, especially for little old me, who was only like, how old was I in two thousand and eight? I would have been like twenty five. So I was in like a big nervous panic the whole time. I would. Uh, I forgot to give you the uh, the Gabe Newell announcement that it was E three. Oh really? <laughs> yes. PC Gamer Show uh, made it a big point that he was going to be in their conference and uh, they said a message from Gabe Newell was going to be there and the rumor was that uh, 
Valve was going to announce like a handheld PC, you know, Switch S thing. Ooh. And all he was there to do was basically say hello and that the Steam Next Fest or whatever was happening. Okay. <laughs> that was it. He, he just like, was that just like a Steam sale? He pretty, yeah, and like demos and all that for the games at the E3 conferences. <laughs> That's why he was there. I don't even know what he does all day anymore. Doesn't wear shoes Play ever. World of play world of warcraft as you who knows oh man that was a funny i can't believe they marketed that like message from gabe hmm. newell yeah sound like they oversold it a bit oh they over i mean it was like a prime focus for them gabe newell is gonna be here <laughs> that, was, that was typical that was very that was like e3 moment well, what's interesting about my trip to there in like back in 2008 was that i ended up turning into a job interview because uh you know they brought me over just to like hang out and they were like you know we're kind of interested you in a person do you want to go through like the interview process that we have see if you'd like be a good fit for the team and i was like fuck yeah and that and then what followed was probably one of the most harrowing weeks of my life Mm -hmm. or because it was like a week-long process i mean valve can hire whoever they want i mean they're very very particular about who they bring on and there was this there was one incident where they like they just called me into a meeting room with a couple of guys and said, Come on, come in here, we're gonna do a thing, it'll be fun. <laughs> and spot. they gave me a and then they gave me a whiteboard pen and said, There's a whiteboard. Um pitch to us a new level for the next Half Life game, go. Oh god. And with no prep whatsoever, and I had to like improvise on the fly. And how did that go? Apparently I did pretty well in that okay. interview that they told me afterwards. Huh. What could have been? Anyway, uh, Aditya gives 100 INR Indian rupees, I think. He says, hey, Yards, did you know there's a site called uberduck.ai that makes anything typed out sound exactly like any person and you're on it? Crazy, eh? Yes, I think I noticed that because someone like linked me to it on Twitter. And I've like heard some of like, my synthesized me voice and it sounds like I'm talking with a mouth full of cotton wool after I got back from the dentist. <laughs> But I guess it's kind of interesting. I wonder, like, you know, the the uh, deep fakes and everything, and having voices and all that. Like, kind of that stuff. Oh, I think there are ways from out. deep faking a zero. Oh yeah, voice. yeah, I'm sure. But I mean, like, how far are we from that stuff? And it, I don't know. It just creeps me out. That stuff. <laughs> well, that's just why it's important to get offline now and then, I suppose. <laughs> so people focus on the real people me. around you. Yep. Um, the Sora 383 gives six ninety nine Canadian dollars to say I wouldn't have the patience for Nick's job. Uh, anime smiley. Also, since you like Persona, Yahtzee, any interest in the Shin Megami Tensei series? Oh yeah, SMT five was announced at the Nintendo Direct. Yeah, I haven't played any of those. I've only played Persona, which I really like, as you know. But everything I hear about Shin Megami Tensei just sounds like it's just the JRPG battling stuff from persona but it's less fun but it's it's more like serious and uh blah blah chat has goaded me into trying persona 5 sometime this year as well so uh, i have death stranding and now persona 5 did, yeah i think i was helping wasn't i <laughs> yeah you kicked it off and now they won't leave me alone about it so partially your fault partially chat's fault well you were the one who wanted to play Games from Japan, and Persona's <laughs> hot shit over there. Well, I will learn this year. <laughs> okay. 
at some point. Uh, yeah, everyone's saying it's like grim, dark persona. So yeah, but one of the things I like about persona is that it's lighthearted and fun. Mm. Uh, do, 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 do. Scavenger gives five US dollars to say now that the recap is over. Are you going to go back and watch any of E3's presentations other than Devolver? Obviously, hadn't planned to. Frankly, I was just gonna get my lunch and then play more Ratchet and Clank today. To be honest, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's really any reason for you to go back and watch. Uh, no, I always like relish being able to play a game knowing absolutely nothing about it. Yeah, just like go in and let it all surprise me without letting it feed off any uh, hype. Yeah, there's there's quite a few indie games that we saw that went through my head like, yeah, that looks like a Yahtzee game that he's gonna enjoy, and like one of them is uh, Loot River. Which will just like let you look up on your own time. Okay. Well, I'll just remember the titles, so when they come out, I will play them. Yeah. Because that is the only time I will know if they're good. Yeah. Loot, after loot, I have played them. Loot River and another game called Death Trash. Look right up. Loot your River. Yep. Loot River, and it's not. It's it's a roguelite with a twist on it. I think, and you would. Oh, well, everything's roguelite with a twist. Well, it's it's got an interesting mechanic that we haven't seen before. So. Okay. Da, 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 da. Ian Cassidy gives five US dollars to say, you know E3 is bad when Halo Infinite is one of the better looking games to appear, and I'm saying this as a fan of Halo. <laughs> Michael Phelps. So they've uh, fixed the... Well. Go ahead. they fixed the appearance of Halo Infinite now? Yeah, I mean, the uh, the uh, the visuals, you know, look good enough. I mean, it's still a cross-gen title. Uh, we didn't really see more of the campaign. We got a teaser, but, you know, multiplayer looks like it's back to basics. Uh, classic Halo, which is what the fans wanted, and I, it's really all I'm expecting out of Halo is more Halo for. Well, like, well, that's this is my point when you were bringing up that new Battlefield that's got tornadoes and shit. Yeah. What people want at the end of the day is you know getting more back to basics. Yep. Simplification, not like with all this distracting bollocks. Yeah, I mean, I think open world games in general and everything like that are just keep adding, adding, adding. It's like, no, we just want. But we like yes, and then every, and then after a few years of that, when everything's turned into a big mess, they do the Resident Evil thing or the Doom thing, where yep. they just bring it all back to basics and bring out a game that everyone likes, and then the whole process starts again. <laughs> yep. Up Shepherd gives five US dollars to say, "Long time listener, first time caller. I hope you're well. Love your content, Yahtzee. Nick, you're okay too. I'm sure you appreciate. I'm sure Nick appreciates <laughs> that. How would you improve E3 going forward?" Well, making it in person again would help. Yeah, I I want them. I mean, like we were just talking about simplifying things, right? Like simplify the conferences, organize it better, make it more about the developers, I, I don't know, which obviously isn't going to happen. But I just, I don't know how much, yeah, like I want E3 in person specifically for the experience of being around everybody and getting to film not even for E3, just getting to film like the diaries we did in 2019. Like that was a lot of fun. We we yeah. made it we made it fun, uh, and that's that's the only reason I'm really looking forward to it again at some yeah, point. Yeah, it's a good thing something fun came out of all that. Right. Um, last two super chats. I'm going to say no more super chats. If you give any super chats now, we'll be very grateful, of course. But uh, you, I won't be reading them out. That's the rule. Physicsfox.org gives two twenty-two Great British pounds to say Psychonauts two release date thoughts. Rough. Uh, it looks pretty good. Out in August. Yeah, fine. I will play it and then I'll let you know. <laughs> yep, uh, we did. We did miss one. 
Uh, Michael Phelps donated five dollars. Says I haven't heard if Nick has has said anything about SMT five that was announced. We did do that. We would be your yeah. thoughts on that. So we already yeah, we already yeah. went through that. But thank you for the five dollars. Would imagine that. Uh, and Scavenger again gives another five US dollars to say last bit. Dangan Romper collection on Switch. Can we get a review of Phoenix Wright meets Saw? No. <laughs> you know, yeah, I keep hearing about these Danganronpa games. I haven't played any, and everyone's yeah, that was and me. everyone keeps talking them up. That was me during the direct stream. Marty's like, "You ever played these?" He's like, "Uh, uh-uh. like, well, people keep saying they're good, and from what I've heard, they sound interesting. I just haven't had time to look into them." People are mentioning the uh, the new Borderlands game too, with Wonderlands with Tiny Tina as the main character, and it's basically. D&D meets Borderlands. That's exactly the response I expected, so that's why I didn't say anything, Chip. (laughs) So, I don't know. E3 is E3, and Summer Game Fest is kind of what all that was, so I think, uh, you know, if... Yes, on that note of me blowing a big raspberry, perhaps we should wrap up this little recap of E3. Yep. Look forward to uh, our next indie showcase in September because I know how to create good-looking games. He sure does. It'll be a lot better than that shit we've been talking about. <laughs> you can't expect um, that. And, uh, yeah. So, I was Yahtzee Croshaw. Remember to follow me on Twitter. I'm at Yahtzee Croshaw. I always tweet out when I'm doing a video or a podcast. And uh, why don't you follow Nick as well while you're at it. Nick J. Cow. And The Escapist as well at Escapist Magazine. And everyone, follow Margaret Thatcher as well. Why the fuck not? <laughs> uh, yep, as far as more content today, uh, we'll have uh, Breath of the Wild 2, whatever they're calling post-show discussion up with Marty Casey and I up in just a few minutes. And then uh, no other streams today. And then tomorrow's ZP with post Yes, tomorrow and- zero punctuation will be tomorrow. I will be reviewing Necromunda Hired Gun. Is Jack joining you for that one? Or not yet? Uh, he's still no, too he busy. He does, yeah, he doesn't join me for streams at the moment, remember? He's, yeah. He's got he's kids. He's got his kids to worry about at the moment. Those darn kids. Yes, you'll have some of your own at some point, I'm sure. They don't. <sighs> putting kids through education. And you could just be talking about video games. Oh. Uh, if only. <laughs> I mean, talk about a fulfilling life. Yes. But, uh, all right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next Bye. time. Bye.